0: I know what they like, so I just keep cheesing Hard drive full of heat seeking Tryna come to San as Jack rethinking You don't need Givenchy, you need Jesus Why do y'all sleep on me? I need reasons Welcome, computer Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. We are starting your, off, starting your week off great here on a Monday with more Tampa Bay Buccaneers coverage. I'm your host, Matt Mattara, and joining with me is none other than Scott Reynolds. Scott, we're going to talk about Bucs Rookie Minicamp that we saw on Saturday. We did not do a podcast after that. We did go Friday. So we're talking talk about Bucs Rookie Minicamp. We're going to talk about OTAs, which is coming up tomorrow at 1030. At the Buccaneers facility, and there were a couple of signings today as well, too. So we got a lot of information to get into. But first of all, Sr, how are you, my friend?
1: Uh, I'm doing great. I mean, actually, I'm not. Um, I mean, I kind of am, but I'm kind of not for a couple <laughs> reasons. Number one, um, I, I'll say this: the reason why I'm doing great is is probably because of not what happened uh, to me yesterday, but really what happened Saturday. Uh, night which is the lightning one go bolts! all right Happy for you yeah that was a very very awesome game to that was a to. sick
0: game i was out uh, watching it and just like yeah. you know you saw on tv some of the, the watch parties they had and things like yeah. that I, I was out where there was a lot of lightning fans it was just it, it was great the, the way the fun. game went too like they had the yeah. lead but then Toronto played really well too, but then the the Bolts uh, held on at the end. Got that yeah, Nick Paul, I believe. Nick uh, Paul got two goals. goals. He was yeah. he was incredible. So yeah. that was really awesome to see. I am greatly depressed. Uh, my Penguins lost Game Seven after uh, having a lead again. They blew a three one lead. So
1: yeah,
0: I'm really upset over that. I don't think anyone had a worse week than John Ledyard because John oh uh, is also a huge Suns fan. And yeah. the Suns didn't even show up for their Game Seven. I think they scored was like seventy home. points.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was one twenty three to to ninety. I think. I mean, they got blown out the room. Yeah, it,
0: it was abysmal. Like Chris Paul yeah. was terrible. Uh, Devin Booker was terrible. Um, yeah. They really needed a pick me up, I would think. And there's no better pick me up than drinking a uh, Celsius energy drink. Oh, I good. am rocking the sparkling grapefruit, and I needed it today too. Again, I was upset. Yeah, there you go. Fuji apple it's pear, very nice. I haven't. Yeah. I don't think I've had the Fuji apple pear, but I have to get yeah. to the cola as it's well good. too. And the yeah. Arctic. Now you can drink the Arctic because the Lightning aren't playing the uh, the Maple right. Leafs anymore. They play the Florida Florida Panthers. Arctic
1: vibe. New yeah, flavor so
0: for Celsius. Yeah, for everyone watching and listening to this, Celsius has tremendous flavors. I would put Celsius up against literally every other energy drink that's possible. You see there, you got the peach vibe. You got the tropical vibe, Arctic vibe. Um, I'm drinking the grapefruit, as I mentioned. You got cola, Arctic, uh, sparkling kiwi guava, watermelon. The taste is legit, all right? They're not just saying it's watermelon. And it tastes like something else.
1: It legit tastes like watermelon. Yeah, um, if like you squeeze watermelon juice into the can.
0: Yeah, 100%. Uh, it's going to take over for, uh, you know, you would have an energy drink in vodka. It's now going to be Celsius and vodka <laughs> uh, if you're into drinking that. But the whole reason why you're drinking Celsius energy drinks is so you get that energy. So if yes. you have a long work day, if you have a long drive, um, you, you need that extra pick-me-up. Celsius gives you all of that energy, but the best part is there's not the the after effect. There's not the crash. There's not yeah, the, right. the jitters that come later. Celsius gets you ready, gets you going, and it maintains that. There's no drop-off. There's none of that crash. Yeah. So, um, and, and the reason why, Matt,
1: is there's no sugar, right? There's no sugar crash because there's no sugar, and there's no preservatives. Mm-hmm. It's the healthiest energy drink that you can possibly imagine, and the, like like Matt said, the taste is just phenomenal. Now, the, the problem that I have, and this really isn't Celsius's fault. I mean it kind of is, but it's kind of not. I'm not going to hold Celsius responsible though. I really messed up my knee yesterday. I woke up and my knee was hurting. My left knee was hurting. And mm-hmm. it, you just when you turn 50, you wake up from a perfectly good night's sleep. And sometimes you wonder who the hell came into my house in the middle of the night and beat the crap out of me. I mean I sleep <laughs> on a, a very comfortable bed. I've got a nice pillow but as you get older Matt and you're about a couple decades away from me on this, but you're going to wake up one morning and you're like, what the hell happened in the night, man? So my <laughs> left knee was bothering me. Right. And so I scheduled to go work out with Ashley yesterday, which I did. And I, have been hitting the elliptical pretty hard, right? I'd go 33 minutes at a time. I always take a Celsius uh, and drink that an hour or two before my workout. It really powers my workout. Okay. So I'm feeling pretty good. Even though the knee is like a little tweaked from the night, I'm, I'm hitting it. Right. And yeah. And the thing is, is the first couple of minutes, they make the big difference. Like, am I going to go for my personal best or not? Right. That's kind of decided right there. And then, cause you got to commit, right? Mm-hmm. Matt, I I committed. I felt the Celsius pouring through my veins saying, <laughs> go for it, Scott, you can do it. Even with a bad knee. So I listened to that and sure enough, I did Matt two weeks ago. I said a new personal best in 33 minutes. I, I topped it from 3.51 um, miles to 3.61 miles. Really? Yeah. And yesterday, I crushed it. I went 3.77 miles, thanks wow. to Celsius. I said new best in terms of caloric burn, 484 calories, up to 500 calories yesterday on the workout. So thank you, Celsius. Didn't have to come on ice my knee like three times yesterday. (laughs) But it works. And that's the important thing is I set some new personal highs. And you can do that too. Celsius is not just a great beverage to wake up in the morning, get going. It's also a great pre-workout drink. Find it on Amazon.com. You can go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator. And that is the end of today's Celsius plug. A great plug that it was, Scott. Uh,
0: Kudos to you. For, uh, you know, it's the playoffs, as we just talked about. Everyone's got to be all in and and put in their effort. So you're putting in your effort there, too. We saw a lot of uh, rookies bring their best effort during Bucks rookie uh, minicamp. And we actually, because of it, we saw three Buccaneers players that were on Mm -hmm. tryouts get signed after these practices. Actually, you, Scott, Peter Report, was uh, first to report that wide receiver Cameron Brown out of Coastal Carolina, Yes. he was wearing number eighty-one during the practices. For those mm-hmm. that saw uh, some pictures and videos, he was signed. Uh, James Howard, a tight end from Yale, so Bucks sticking with the um, Ivy League tight end on drafted free agent route. Obviously, Cam Brate went to Harvard. We don't talk about that enough. Um, and then the last one as well too was Mike Green, defensive tackle from James Madison. Funny enough, I mentioned Mike Green in our Bucks. Uh, rookie minicamp report yeah. on day two he had a nice play and let's take it with a grain of salt they're going up against offensive linemen that with the exception of luke Gedeki, is probably not going to be uh, at, at training camp uh, yeah. as we just found out so it was a great rep but he piled drive the offensive lineman in front of him like barreled him over took him to the ground uh, it was a nice rep and obviously the coaches thought it was good enough uh, his performance throughout the whole weekend to sign him so mike green out of James Madison was the third Bucks rookie free agent signing too. And I thought it was interesting as well. The Bucks, we talk a lot about the pipeline they have with, you know, Washington, where they drafted a bunch of players from Washington, yeah, used, Ava, yeah. Joe James Madison as well. There is a, maybe not as big of a pipeline, but the Bucs have had a couple of James Madison players uh, in the past, including Earl Watford. So we'll see what happens with Mike Green. There's obviously an opening mm-hmm. at defensive tackle with Ndamukong Suh not there and Steve McClendon not there as well too. I'm not saying he's going to make the team, but you know it's just someone to sure. keep uh, keep an eye on, see how he does during this training camp. And right. the Bucks, I think, are better than every team when it comes to finding that diamond in the rough. And we'll see if one of these players could uh, could be the next, you know, folk story that we talk yeah. about uh, in years from now.
1: You're right, and you mentioned the the tight end that they signed, JJ uh, Howland, uh, from Yale, six foot six, 255 pound guy. The Bucks like those big tight ends, right? He fits their their uh, athletic profile. And yeah. and the thing is, I, I think that he really stood out. And JC Allen and I we were talking about this watching the Saturday practice. We just we just kept saying, who's this 84? And I know they signed Ben Ben Beast or Beyonce, whatever however you yeah. say his name, the, the kid from like Wisconsin River Falls or Whitewater Rafting, mm-hmm. wherever he's from. But but the the other kid, the Yale kid, number eighty-four. Who was wearing Cam Braith's jersey at the 84. It's kind of funny because you you have to wear some of these players, uh, jerseys, right? Like you we saw 97 out there. We saw, we saw
0: 45. We saw a tight end wearing yeah. 45. It was like, oh Devin White, 20 yard reception. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> exactly. really versatile. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just for the just for the tryout players, just for the rookie minicamp. But but uh Howland really did a pretty good job. I mean he was one of those guys that stood out to us and said, you know, he's he's not dropping anything. He he's catching everything. So He looked really good, and and I thought he was a player that stood out. We included him in our Insider Bucks Rookie Minicamp reports on Saturday. So, appreciate everybody who was visiting pewterreport.com over the weekend. We had some really great traffic. Thanks to you all. We appreciate you pewter people out there doing that. And we also appreciate you guys getting us closer to 8,400 subscribers on Peter report tv here on youtube so make sure that you're subscribing to our youtube channel Peter report tv and hitting the like button on all of our videos what that does is that gives uh, youtube the algorithms uh, that go ahead to say hey this is a really cool buccaneer video podcast whatever make sure you put it in front of other buccaneer fans and that's what happens and that's how more buccaneer fans join us and uh, and subscribe so we appreciate everybody who has subscribed to us on Pewter Report TV. If you haven't yet, make sure you do so. Hit the like button on our videos.
0: Yes, thank you, everyone. Uh, we couldn't do this show without you, the Pewter people. So we really appreciate it. And we appreciate everyone that's uh, in the comments as well, too, interacting with us. We got a uh, comment here from Zach Jarvis. He said, what about Derek Brooks' son? So, yeah, Derek Brooks' son was there. We actually spoke to him on uh, Friday afternoon. It's it's cool. You know, you see a legacy like yeah. Derek Brooks um, getting his, his son opportunity right. Uh, he's in the Bucks Ring of Honor and everything like that. But uh, you mentioned it as well, Scott, too, either in writing or on here. We had a conversation about it where, yeah. you know, his best year at Florida State was his freshman and sophomore year. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even really get playing time. The last you know, two years, he yeah, the
1: last 12 tackles. I mean, you know, in, in Declan Brooks is just not his dad, right? I mean, he De- Declan is, is a good athlete. I think he's an inch or two shorter than his dad. Um, it just didn't stand out, and it was probably a favor to yeah. Derek Brooks, and and that's okay. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a, a good it's a, experience for his son, you
0: know. Yeah, it's a cool story for a day. It reminds me of a couple of years ago, Vinny Testaverdi's son uh, played quarterback for the Bucks. I believe yes. it was in 2019, it was Bruce You're Aaron's right. first year here. Yeah, he actually started a quarterback in that that's last right. preseason game uh, against the Cowboys. He was never really going to make the team, but you know, it's, it's a nice little moment for you know, for a day or for a game in that sense. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, for all Derek Brooks did for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and getting them their first Super Bowl, the least the Bucks could do is give his son a tryout. Um, That's right. <laughs> at Foster yeah. Community Camp.
1: And a great question from Mark Fisher, who is going to donate to the site um, rather than necessarily doing the Super Chat. We appreciate that, Mark. And Thank you, Mark. We'll get, we'll get to that in a second. But tryout players – uh, and rookies for OTAs. Do the Bucks pay for a hotel and food for them, or do they pay their, for their own lodging for tryouts? No, the Buccaneers actually put the players up. They, I believe, they fly them in too. So they they get transportation here. Uh, they they get to try out. They get to um, to eat right at the team facility, yep. and they probably get get a meal. Had that to barbecue take back the- that
0: we were smelling. <laughs> the yes, exactly. That was
1: some good barbecue <laughs> smell. We didn't get to try it, but um, but but yeah. So that. The, they are compensated in in food and lodging for for coming in and getting a chance to to show up and show out for the buccaneers and 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 get some film out there um for the the people like mark who don't necessarily uh, do the super chat thing for, for peter report and that's perfectly fine we appreciate donations any way we can get them the one way that that mark donates to peter report uh, is is another way you can which is by going to our website pewterreport.com. Backslash donation. There you can sign up for a one-time donation. It's, think of it like as an internet tip jar, right? If you like mm-hmm. our Bucks Mini Camp coverage, if you like our draft coverage, if you like our columns on pewterreport.com, if, like if you like the show, if you like the videos that Matt flips to put up on our YouTube, and you want to donate to us and say, a boy, guys, you can do that. At pewterreport.com backslash donation. A one-time donation for as little as $10 or as much as you want to give, or if you want to become a monthly donor, we have them for as low as $3 a month, $3, $5, and uh, $9 options. So we appreciate everybody who has taken the time to donate to peterreport.com whether it's on a one-time basis or a monthly basis. That's right. And thank you
0: again to to all of our fans that are reading, listening, uh, and watching. All right, Scott, as we talk a little bit more about Buck's Rookie Minicamp on day two, and we have our um, – report and review uh, on peterreport.com as well, too, that I will post in the chats uh, in a minute. And we will then get to – we will set the table. We'll set the stage, as they say, for uh, Mm -hmm. OTAs, which is coming up tomorrow, and it will take place tomorrow and then the following Wednesday and the following Wednesday after that. But I would say my biggest takeaway overall, really, um, and it's something that goes back to what Todd Bowles was speaking about on the first day, is – you know, all these guys are playing in the NFL for the first time. So they're, they're still learning the lay of the land, trying to figure out some situations. So Todd Bowles really wasn't as concerned about, um, you know, the, the X's and O's and all the entire details of of every single moment that happened out there. He just wanted to see what the young players and especially the, the rookie draft class from this year, he just wants to see how they take to coaching, how they respond to certain things. As you see a picture here of Logan Hall working on some drills. And if they make a mistake, how they correct that mistake, how they learn from it. So on Saturday in particular, I was watching a little bit more of the defense. You were watching a little bit more of the offense. And the day before, we obviously switched that. And I'm glad you just put up this picture of Zion McCollum because McCollum Mm -hmm. was a guy that really stood out to me in terms of what Todd Bowles was talking about. Because I was watching the individual drills when the corners with the corners coaches, safeties were with Nick Rapone, et cetera, et cetera. And they were working on some routes. It was McCollum and another cornerback where – uh, They're working on the how to defend the quote-unquote pick play routes when the, when the wide receivers right. so cross. The little rub routes, yeah. Yeah, little rub routes. And there was some miscommunication that went on, but that's going to happen with, with rookies. And they talked it out. They went over it. And then in, in when they went to 11-on-11s, McCollum, I don't even want to say he got beat, but he allowed a pass that was caught uh, on a route ran by a receiver. Right. And McCollum probably should have been in position and should have made the play, but he didn't. But you know what? He bounced back. He didn't sulk. The next play, he was up in the grill of the receiver, yeah. had his hands on the guy, hand fighting. Um, I, I just thought it, it, it was exactly what Todd Bowles was talking about in terms of you learn from your mistake. If you make a mistake, you move on to the next play and yeah. go go out and make the next play. And I thought McCollum really responded well to that. And it kind of speaks, as we mentioned on the podcast uh, on Friday, just – McCollum loves life. He was smiling from ear to ear. He was so (laughs) appreciative. And I just think he's really, and he talked a lot about how Kevin Ross, the cornerbacks coach was, Mm -hmm. has been a big influence for him so far. I I really think he's taking to this very well. And he's learning from his mistakes and any issues that he had, he's correcting them quickly. There's still a very long way to go, but I was very encouraged by what I saw from him.
1: Yeah. And uh, one of the players too, that you uh, wrote about over the weekend was was Luke Kadecki That was the player out of all of them when we asked Todd Bowles um, who he wanted to see the most in in the OTAs out of the rookie class. And that kind of surprised me a little bit. Did it Did it you? Yeah he uh he paused at it
0: too. Like he took a moment to reflect and and think about it, and then he's like, "I want to see Luke Kadecki That's yeah. who I want to see." And I thought it was interesting too because he was asked about. OTAs but I feel like with OTAs you still don't get the extreme physicality that you want in general especially with a glass eater as their you know their second second round pick with an offensive lineman so I I thought it was interesting that he said that for OTAs like training camp yeah I think 100% we all want to see that him and then co-keep as well too (laughs) but the same for OTAs when they're still mostly going to be in shorts and helmets I thought was um I just wasn't expecting it, I guess, is what I would say.
1: Yeah, and, and I think the thing is, too, is—and this kind of touches a little bit on what Clyde Christensen was talking about last week when we asked him, what's going to be different about a Todd Bowles training camp as opposed to Bruce Arians? Mm-hmm. And he said, a little bit more physicality, a little bit more good-on-good, good, which is ones versus ones rather than ones versus twos, and and more periods of of, of live football, right? Goal, you could can, can anticipate more goal line drills, probably. I think there is a, um, a, a feeling when you have an offensive-minded coach like Bruce Arians, you want to protect your offensive players a little bit more. Obviously, sure. the quarterbacks are protected, right? They're wearing the orange jerseys. They're off limits. You can't do that. But I just think that with, with defensive-minded coaches, and I agree with, with Clyde's assessment, I think we're going to see it even in the OTAs. You can't be... Of physical knocking guys to the ground, nor do you want to, but, but <laughs> right. I, and we'll talk about this in a second. There's a couple of matchups that, that I'm anxious to see. And I think you are too, Matt, and, and the rest of the PR staff um, seeing Luke Gedecky, who's a, a big physical offensive lineman kind of built like a, a block of granite, right? Well, how is he going to fare against Vita Vea, Right? Because we've even seen Vita Vea in OTAs, in training camp, before the pads come on, right? The first week of camp is that acclimation pro, uh, uh, process is just like another round of OTAs, really, for the first week. Yeah. But we've seen Vitavea just get out of the stance, put his hands on people, and just knock him over, right? So, like, that's <laughs> going to happen. So I, I think that's kind of what he wants to see is, and, and you mentioned it too, Matt, with Luca Kadecki going up against players that, not going to be in the league. That's one thing, but now you're going to go up against the likes of of Avita Ve, who's a Pro Bowl nose tackle, and and how are you going to deal with that? How are you going to deal with him going up against Will Golston, right? A, a ten year veteran in this league who's got grown man strength at six foot six, three hundred pounds.
0: Yeah, I mean he talked the talk. And now he's got to walk the walk with going up against better players. And he didn't even really participate a ton in, uh, you know, seven on sevens or 11 on 11s when they right. brought in the, the offensive, defensive lineman. So I'm curious if that was by design, if they're just like, all right, well, I we know that. that you're an animal there. So yeah. we want to wait for you.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's save it for, for the OTAs, right? Yeah. We're going to measure you against the, the pros, the veterans, rather than against the scrubs. So, uh, you know, Matt, it's it's interesting because it's 420, uh, and, and on Mondays, we've kind of been talking about this. We're going to be doing this uh, every week during the offseason. Maybe we'll continue during the regular season. It's called Roll Call, folks. Roll Where are you at, call? computer people? Where are you at? So what we're going to do is I'm going to talk about some other players that kind of stood out to me during the Bucks rookie minicamp over the weekend. And while I'm doing that, Matt is going to go on and, uh, and put your locations on the screen. So we're going to give you guys a, a shout-out from where you're shouting out from. So go ahead and put where you're located at, where you're from, and do that in the chat. And then Matt will be doing that for the next couple minutes while I tell you about uh, the wide receiver position. Because one of the guys that really stood out to me was one of the shortest guys there. That was Jared Stearns. I liked and- him yeah, you liked him. I was talking to JC about him. I was even talking to Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times. And Stroud and I were talking the other day about how this guy just just doesn't drop the ball, right? And he kind of reminds us a little bit of a shorter, shiftier, a little quicker version of Adam Humphreys. But when Adam Humphreys came in from uh, Clemson as an undrafted free agent, he was the same way. He was a steady Eddie, right? He was a guy that just just caught the ball, got open and caught the ball. wasn't flashy, just very workmanlike in his approach. And there's something to be said for that because uh, the first, you know, the first uh, uh, job of a wide receiver is get open. The second job is to catch the ball yep. with thrown to you. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really that simple. I remember having a conversation with uh, Tyquan Underwood, former Bucks wide receiver, yeah. and and he spent some time up there in um, uh, in New England with the Patriots organization. And he was struggling a little bit. And Bill, Parse- or Bill Belichick called him in to, to speak to him. And Ty Kwon told me, he's like, yeah, I was really kind of nervous, you know, walking in there, just a one-on-one meeting with Coach Belichick. that was going to get cut. And he said, uh, Ty, go ahead and have a seat. He said, uh, um, what do wide receivers do? And he's like, um, well, we catch the ball. He's like, okay, what do you got to do before that? We have to get open. Okay, you get open. Then what do you do? We catch the ball. Okay, all right. What I want you to do is get open, catch the ball. That's it, coach. That's it. Okay, dismissed. <laughs> like that was it. And really, that's what Jared Stearns did over the two days, and you can see why he won the triple crown, catching what 150 passes for 1,902 yards. In, in 17 touchdowns at Western Kentucky. And, and by the way, that's not a fluke. He did that, he put up those kind of numbers at Houston Baptist with Bailey Zappi, who was the quarterback back then. He and, and I think the head coach of, of Houston Baptist uh, and Jareth Stearns, they all went to Western Kentucky last year. They were all kind of like hired as a package, if you will. And Stearns just put on a show and, and showed he could do it not just at a really small school level. But, you know, not the Western Kentucky is a big school, but it's it's at least an FBS program. Yeah. And, and so I I thought that he was a player that just really kind of stepped up and and you can see why this team signed him. And interestingly enough, you know, Stearns was a guy that that really stood out um, for his ability to just get open and catch the ball. Kind of a, a kind of like a, a I don't even want to say a possession receiver because you think of slow guys, but. He just was kind of a steady Eddie in that way. The other guy, who's even a little bit shorter, five foot seven, weighs less. Instead of 183 pounds, uh, Tompkins, Devin Tompkins from Utah State, weighs 167 pounds. This is a tiny guy, but I thought he also impressed with his speed as well. Not as much as, as Jareth Stearns, but I thought that he had a pretty good camp as well.
0: Yeah, in my opinion, Stearns was the standout player of the entire camp. I mean, he's yeah. fast. I just. I wish he he's he's not the prototypical size that a Bucks coaching staff looks for. We'll see again if that changes a little bit with Todd Bowles as the head coach and not Bruce Arians making all the decisions. But he without question, you just saw the athleticism. I mean, he's five seven, but he plays like a bigger receiver than that. Right. And he's got crazy athleticism. Like he's able to jump. He's jumping before the ball gets to him. Yeah. (laughs) So he can play big if he needs to, because just because he can get high up enough. But I was most impressed too. listen. They're running on air. There's no, there's not a lot of physicality going on, even Mm -hmm. when they go up against, you know, the, the defense, the corners and the safeties. But he was making tough catches. like He was making catches over the middle, outside, in between traffic. That was the biggest takeaway for me. And you mentioned Tompkins, and obviously Brown uh, got signed out of this practice as well, too. So I thought those three, it was a really good trio of of wide receivers. that.
1: I wasn't as impressed with Kalen Geiger, the Texas Tech kid. I thought he was Uh okay. And I almost thought that they would swap out Cameron Brown for him, but they didn't. They ended up cutting – uh, another receiver today, uh, Watkins. Watkins, yeah, yeah, Austin Watkins. Yeah, yeah they, cut, they cut him instead, and they and they also cut uh, Kobe Smith, uh, who had been a practice squad player for the last couple of years to make room for Green. But um, yeah, I would say I would say Sterns was the mo- the more impressive out of the four, as it turns out, undrafted free agent receivers that were in camp. Three of them were, and as you mentioned, Cameron Brown was a a trial player, but then they ended up signing him.
0: Yeah, and it'll make for a really good competition at wide receiver for OTAs uh, and training camp as well, too. Like, the Bucks have a lot of bodies at, at wide did. receiver going into 14? training 14? Is that right? I'm not is sure of the exact number. But is it 14 it or 25, or is it 30? <laughs> I don't know. They've got a yeah, ton of it, wide receivers. it could be. But I time. think that's I think that's important too because and we've already talked about this. But we know it's going to be Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. That's right. set in stone. They have that in place. Right. We don't even really need to think twice about that. But we've talked about the other depth with Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, Tyler Johnson, Rashad Perryman. Mm-hmm. Those are guys' names that you know that have been on this team that have had, in some degree, success. Someone like Scotty Miller, we all, right. we've all talked about a ton about the you know the catch in the NFC Championship game, but. None of these players I am in love with think should be a shoe-in to, to make the right. team. So that's where I really like bringing in some of these wide receivers and undrafted yeah. free agents where they're going to compete, and especially a kick returner too. I asked Todd Bowles about if some of these guys could you know be in the competition. He said pretty much that everyone's in the running. So yeah. who knows? maybe it could be Zion McCollum or Rashad White returning yeah. punts as well too. But I really think that there's going to be great competition for – Wide receivers, four through six, one mm-hmm. through five. We'll see how much they decide to keep. And yeah. I again, I understand like someone like Perryman is a veteran that's been on the team for a while. Tyler Johnson has been here. He's still on his rookie contract. But I really think that if there's going to be an undrafted free agent that makes the Bucks roster this year, wide receiver is going to be the position where it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think that, that the, the new – players that they brought in they didn't draft a wide receiver the last receiver they drafted was Jalen Darden I've got a story coming out tomorrow on Jalen Darden with some comments from the Bucks coaches so make sure you stay tuned to PeterReport.com tomorrow but I I do think that these four undrafted free agents they're they're kind of like new blood a little bit of a wake-up call for the players like Darden and Tyler Johnson you know that have you know, they were drafted in the fourth round, right? I mean, it's it's not like you're a lock to make the team or stay on the roster, but you're a fourth round pick as opposed to you know a sixth round pick like Scotty Miller. So we'll see. But I, I, I just I got a feeling about Jareth Stearns. I think he's an underdog. Matt. <laughs> you read my mind. I was gonna
0: try to do a, a good segue with that as well, too. But yes, speaking of underdogs, you guys have to go to underdogfantasy.com they are a proud sponsor of the Peter report podcast and folks if you're not in on best ball mania you have to get to it soon as you see on the screen here they have a 10 million dollar prize on under 10 fantasy. million dollars everyone with the exception of current nfl players professional players across the, the big four <laughs> sports could use 10 million dollars that's right and the best part about underdog fantasy best ball mania last year uh, the person that won won two million dollars. They set their lineup for best ball mania in June. Okay, so the more that you draft and the earlier you draft, the better chances you are going to have to win this big prize. But the awesome thing about underdog fantasy is that, um, you know, they have different drafts going on all the time and it's all set it and forget it. So you yeah. draft your team, you don't have to worry about week in and week out. Oh, this player is on a buy, this player's a little bit hurt. This guy's going up against a really tough defense. I don't know whether or not to start him. I don't have another good option. No, you just bet. You just pick your team. You place your wager in before the season starts, and it's very low risk, high reward, and your team is good to go. You don't need to think twice about it. And also, too, with underdog fantasy, you have the long-term thing, set and forget it, as I just mentioned, but Mm -hmm. they do weekly and daily fantasy as well, too. You want to watch Monday Night Football? Have a they little have more skin great in the game. Prop stuff, yeah, yeah. They have awesome, uh, awesome props uh, across the board. So make sure you sign up for Underdog Fantasy using the promo code Pewter, and they will double your first deposit. So that's Underdog Fantasy again. Ten million dollars. Almost everyone can use ten milli. It's you know, like I said, it's low risk, high reward. Great it's fun too. You- yeah, yeah it's great. A-, app. a ton of fun. It's we're easy. gonna have a- we're gonna have a lot of leagues too. As the season gets going, different Peter Report uh, fantasy football leagues with uh, with Underdog Fantasy. So make sure you yeah. go to underdogfantasy.com and start winning that money because we could all use it. Scott, uh, one more thing I want to talk about mm-hmm. in terms of uh, Bucks rookie minicamp before we go to OTAs. We got to speak to Luke uh, Gadecki on Saturday mm-hmm. as well too, and he had a really cool story where I actually asked him, I, I just wanted to know if some of the offensive linemen reach out to him. And he said that he spoke with Donovan Smith and, and mm-hmm. he spoke with Tristan Wirth. But then he said that he had a half hour to 45 minute long conversation with Bucks legend and recently retired Ali Marpet. He said, it's pretty cool. He was he was caught off guard. It was surprising, but he was so thankful for it. Ali Marpet went out of his way to reach out to, uh, to Gadecki and talk to him for over half an hour and he said he got to pick his brain about, you know, playing at this level, playing in the Bucks' offense, just living in Tampa. I thought that was such a cool thing. One, that he's already making, you know, an impression with the starting offensive lineman and the man that he's trying to replace in a legend with Ali Marpet. I thought that was really cool to see. Obviously, Todd Bowles is very high on him, too, as we talked about with, um, you know, wanting to watch him in OTAs. I think everyone is all in on Luka Deke.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm sorry, he's muted there for a second. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that that this is the front runner for the the left guard job, right? And that kind of segues into what we're looking at here for the, our Bucks OTA preview tomorrow, and some storylines. We'll get to those and some rookie veteran matchups in practice. Now, keep in mind th- these practices, it's it's a little bit more than two hand touch, right? They're, yeah. they're they're kind of physical out there, but yeah. But at the same time, it's it's a matter of, of uh, you know the the linemen, you know the, they're they're not going to uh, hold and uh, and and grab and, and drop throw guys to the ground, you know they're not going to be like playing the role of the bouncer out there. But at the same time, uh, the defensive uh, linemen, the edge rushers, they're not going to you know use a bunch of moves on on uh, you know you're not going to see too many. Um, club rips and getting into the quarterback, uh-huh. right? Uh, so let's look at some of these storylines here. I think one of the big ones is quarterback Tom Brady. Is he going to show up to OTAs? He kind of surprised people by showing up for phase two. I'm of the opinion he showed up for phase two so he can skip phase three. And I think this is part of the plan to get Kyle Trask as many reps as he can And if Brady's there, like you even heard Todd Bowles say, if Brady's there, he's going to get some reps. He's a competitor, right? Mm -hmm. So I I think that Clyde Christensen, Byron Lefwich, who's been on record saying, I don't need to see Tom at all. (laughs) I I, I think the game plan is to have Brady skip the OTAs to get Kyle Trask a bunch of reps because that's where – Clyde Christensen said he is really going to be evaluated in these OTAs. What do you think, man?
0: Right. If they don't get a chance to look at Kyle Trask now, then they never will <laughs> because by the time training camp gets here, that's when Tom Brady comes back and, and gets all the reps. And obviously you're going to have Blaine Gabbard in training camp as well, too, who Todd Bowles said it's an open competition, but Clyde Christensen said that it's Blaine Gabbard's job. I think Christensen is just way more bluntly honest where Bowles obviously has to put on a little bit of a, a a mask when it comes to giving away all personnel information. But yeah, I think this is really important for a time to, to get Kyle Trask going, see what they have, see if, you know, they want to invest in him for the future. And we see yeah. too, in the past, we talked about that Brady, you know hasn't been to OTAs in, in over you know a, a decade, going back to New England, <laughs> and he hosts his own OTAs. You know, going to Berkeley Prep or yeah. going to another school. So I'm sure, in, yeah. yeah, I'm sure he'll end up doing something like that too. It did cross my mind though. Like I, I would still put it at like ninety percent that Tom Brady's not going to be at OTAs, right. but it did cross my mind if this is Brady's like last year he's done playing, and we don't know that to be a fact. But if it is. What if he's trying to you know, soak everything in as much as he possibly can? Like, ah. all right, this is my last OTAs. Yeah. I'm going to be back for this, too. And that's why he was in the facility right. last week. But as we saw, too, he posted that video where he was riding his bike around New York City. So um, I'm sure if he's not at Buck's practice, he's obviously a very busy man with a, a number of different things.
1: Yeah, that's so I would put in that the Brady brand now. There.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I would put that Brady's not going to be there. But I, yeah. it, I did think about it for a moment. Like, all right, well, if this is his swan song then why not do everything that you possibly can but at the end of the day i think it's it's just going to be trash doing this thing
1: yeah especially because otas they're really like flag football right it's yeah. you know and 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 he's going to he's going to be here for the mandatory mini camp which the only difference is is that's just three otas there's no difference yeah. it's just <laughs> mandatory that's it so otas are 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 not mandatory they're voluntary the 3d mini camp which would be june i think 7th 8th and 9th i believe yeah it's like early june it's um first thank you todd we get to go on vacation a little bit early that's nice considering (laughs) that i I don't know about you matt but i always have people say you know so how's this off season treating you it's like uh i'll let you know in june right yeah we got
0: got one month of you know middle of june to middle of july where There's there's no football, but then everything right. else too. Like even when we're not in season, there's the draft, there's free agency, cool. there's always different.
1: There's retirements, there's yeah. unretirements, there's more <laughs> retirements. I mean, it's been nonstop. It's it's uh, you know Senior Bowl, Combine, yeah, exactly. NFL owners meeting, you know the draft, free agency. It's it, it, it's it's wild schedule release. I mean, it's just it's one thing after another, which is great. I mean, I'm not complaining. Uh, I mean, a little bit, but <laughs> it's just, it's, just uh, it's, it's a lot. It's it, I mean, you go from football season and the only difference between football season, Matt, and, and not having football season. In, and really, we I used to say January, but now it's February for the Buccaneers because they're in the playoffs. But mm-hmm. February, March and April and, and May, the only difference is, is you're not working on Sundays. Right. I mean, that—that that, that's it. I mean, you're not at the stadium watching football. Otherwise it's the same thing. So you go from working six days a week during football season to only five. So yeah. you do get you do get that extra day. And of course you've and, got and to rookie too is minicamp that on a Saturday. The but. funny
0: thing too is like this is twenty four seven. Like even yesterday, I was getting ready to like go out to, to lunch. And then Greg Allman reported that the Bucs are gonna have joint practices with the Dolphins. So I was like, All right, well, lunch is canceled. I gotta write the story that yeah. uh you know that the Bucs are gonna be hosting. The Miami Dolphins, which that'll be cool. Um, joint practices, in my opinion, they're obviously they're great. awesome, yeah, yeah. They're great because you're not going up against your own teammates, right? And Bruce Arians, I know he's not the coach anymore, but he was big about like no fighting, no fighting. We still saw Antonio Brown sure. cock his fist and you know hit a guy, but he was just swatting at flies, right? Yeah, so, exactly, um, yeah, yeah, but I, I think anytime that you can bring in more competition, go mm-hmm. up against different players, and that's too. gonna
1: happen twice this year, yeah, I, I, exactly. I I, in Tennessee and then the Dolphins.
0: So, have the Bucks ever done that before where they've had two. Uh, joint practice, like with two different teams, like in a training camp. I don't think so. At least
1: my not... old man memory. I remember one year. I guess I, I, I right. Maybe... They kind of they
0: kind of all mixed together. Yeah, I know yeah. They do run together. Twenty nineteen, yeah. the Dolphins came here because that was when Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. was on was on the Dolphins, and then right. last year you you had the Titans. Yeah.
1: obviously. I I want to say there might have been one year under Dungey where they did Miami and Jacksonville. I think they were at Jacksonville, and then they. They did Miami as well. I, I, I could be wrong. I, I don't know. But but I do remember a Jacksonville practice session with the Buccaneers under Dungy. And I remember another one against the Dolphins. Was mm-hmm. it the same year? I don't know. That's what 27 years of doing this would do. Uh, scrambled eggs, folks. So <laughs> not sure. Uh, but listen, getting back to what we are looking for in the OTAs, which tomorrow we're going to be there. I mean, we're going to have the Pewter Report staff out there. We only get to look at one OTA per week. So the Buccaneers will be going at it three times in each of the next three weeks prior to that mandatory minicamp. We will be out there for all three days of mandatory minicamp, I believe, but we'll only be out there tomorrow from ten thirty to call it one one thirty for practice and interviews. And then and then next Wednesday, which is I believe June first. Or no. No, it's no, it's May. uh We're only 24th or 25th. And yeah. And then the last one is June 1st. That's a Wednesday. So it's tomorrow, which is a Tuesday and then Wednesday. And then Wednesday, those are the three OTAs we get to watch out of the three weeks. Then we get to watch all three of the, of the mandatory mini camps. So we'll have plenty of, of insights, you know, to, to bring to you guys in tomorrow's podcast. So don't miss it. Right. I mean, let me, let me throw this up here. Just, just everybody is clear tomorrow. Be there or be square. Four o'clock Eastern Time. Peter Report Podcast. Bucks OTA Day One Recap. We're expecting to see a lot of Kyle Trask tomorrow, and we're going to talk about that right now. When it comes to uh, some other things that we want to see, Russell Gage, right? His first look as a Buccaneer. I want very see, excited to see him. I want to see Russell Gage, man.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, Gage will be there, I would imagine, because he's a new player on a new team. But I'm curious, like, how many veterans will actually show up? Because I remember, mm-hmm. like, last year, it was it was the Brady OTA. Like, they all went right. to they all went to catch passes from Tom Brady. Only yeah. Giovanni Bernard was like one of the few veterans that was really, um, you know, that was doing both. with the think, coaches, yeah. Yes, yeah, with the coaches and also went with Tom Brady as well, too. I think this year as well, like I remember was so mad that Tyler John didn't show up for one of the practices. I would imagine with us talking about the wide Keyshawn receivers. Keyshawn Vaughn, too. Yeah, yeah, like Keyshawn Vaughn has to be there. Uh, yeah. Tyler Johnson needs to be there. Jalen Darden needs to be there as well, too. But Gage, yeah, I'm really excited. I mean, obviously, we've watched him on tape. We've seen him play against the Bucks with being on the uh, Atlanta Falcons and playing them twice a year. But I, I just want to see what he – again, we see it on tape, but I want to see what he's going to bring that's different to to the Bucs' offense. And can he step up and be that number two receiver next to Mike yeah. Evans if Chris Godwin isn't healthy by the start of the season? So I'm really excited to see him. And as you see uh, on the screen there as well too, the rotation at mm-hmm. left guard as they still figure out who's going to – Right, replace Matt, the legend Ali Marpet. I, I'm, I, I, I think it's going to be an awesome competition.
1: I get a pretty good idea of some veterans that will be there tomorrow. Aaron Stinney mm-hmm. will be there, right? Nick Leverett yeah. will be there. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Hansey will be there. These three guys, I don't care if it's voluntary or not. I mean, like they're, they're going to reschedule their lives around these OTAs and they're going to be there. They have to be, right? Because they, they've got some new competition now. If it wasn't a battle royale before, Matt, it is now. throw in Luke Kadecki the second round pick. So how are those reps going to be divided? Who's going to kind of get the starting reps? How much are we going to see, you know, uh, how much are we, are we going to see um, uh, a player like, like uh, uh, Nick Leverett or Robert Hainsey into the mix? Is it mostly going to be Stinney and, yeah. and Gadecki? I'm curious to see. I'm also curious to see Joe try and Shoenka. This is year two for him. This should not be new. This is, you know you're you're a veteran now. You've been mm-hmm. through 17 games. Uh, I always kind of use that that measuring stick right there. If you played a full season, right, that's that makes you a a veteran. And now Joe Trynshewinka stepping in for Jason Pierre-Paul, who will not be back with the Buccaneers. And how do we know that, Matt? We know that because uh, this guy has his jersey, right. Yeah, they gave the number ninety jersey to Logan Hall, so they they closed the door on Jason Pierre-Paul, I believe.
0: Yeah, we spoke about this a lot on Friday, so everyone watching this can go back and, and watch that show. But it, it seems that uh, the Bucks are moving on from Jason yeah. Pierre-Paul, and they're going to be moving away from uh, Domkin Sue as well, too. Mm-hmm. Veteran guys, uh, Sue, I still think there's a little more gas left in the tank, but veteran guys that have lost a step or in JPP's case, just a, a lot of injuries and can't sustain the high level of play that they once had. So the bucks are moving in a different direction. there. Yeah. really excited to see Logan Hall against Shaq Mason. As we, we talk yes. about the, uh, the rookie veteran matchups I, I, again, it goes back to what you're talking about with Gadecki too, where yeah, these guys can go up against college level players and, and rookies that aren't going to be on the team come August. But it's another thing when you're really thrown into the mix, going up against some of the, you know, the best players too. Like I even think I know we're talking about rookies and veterans, but I hope Logan Hall gets to go up against Gadecki, and we see those two rookies. Yes.
1: that really, would be interesting, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: They really yeah. battle it out the uh, the first two picks as well too, and both second round picks, right. so you know, on, on an even playing field too. And going back to veterans and and, and rookies playing against each other, and maybe taking each other under their wing too there's obviously that connection in galveston texas with uh mike evans and zion mccollum being from yes. the same home i'm and i understand like you know a receiver can be a mentor a player can be a mentor to anyone but like receiver cornerback i don't know how much mike evans can help him as a corner i'm sure he can help him with tendencies of wide receivers and things like that too right but i'm just excited to see the relationship that they form or that they yeah. might already have being from the same hometown. <laughs> Matt, I, I,
1: I think it's going to be a father son relationship because I think yeah. Mike Evans is going to be <laughs> the daddy in this one. <laughs> right. is going to happen, right? He's going mean, to body him is, up in the, uh, in
0: the red yeah, zone a little bit on yeah. some, on some fades to the corner. Of I guy. like Zion
1: McCollum. You like Zion McCollum. The team likes Zion McCollum. Everybody likes Zion McCollum. Okay. He's, he's making a jump from Sam Houston to the NFL. We saw, Jalen Darden struggled a little bit for North Texas, making that jump to the NFL. Matt, you were there at the Senior Bowl, right? And I mean, I was a big Zion McCollum fan. I wrote about him being one of the guys to watch at the Senior Bowl. He really didn't stand out that much because of the jump in competition, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. When we went there, you know, we split up different responsibilities. You know, like Casey Hudson was looking a lot at the wide receivers. John Ledyard knows literally everything about the draft. And, you know, I, I was looking at you know, tight end and some edge rushers in different positions. But McCollum was a player that didn't uh, really the secondary, I think, struggled except Jalen Petrie out of Baylor. I I think the secondary, there weren't too many standout guys and McCollum just, I don't think he played bad, but he definitely didn't do anything where I was like, okay, the Bucs absolutely need to draft this guy. Now the senior bowl, while very important and awesome and exciting to go to, I think, you know, if if you have if you have a bad practice or something like that, it's not the end all be all like you. You're not going to get overlooked just because of like one bad practice. It can obviously help a lot of people like Jermaine Johnson at Florida State who got drafted by the Jets. But yeah, McCollum didn't really stand out there too much. But as you said, you know, it's it's a learning curve. He's relying a lot on uh, Kevin Ross to help him, you know, adjust to this level. Yeah. shrink the field as he's talked about how it's a shorter right. field. And so you,
1: you got a Zion McCollum story coming out tomorrow on PeterReport.com.
0: Yeah, yeah, where uh, he talks about his relationship with Kevin Ross and how he's helped him move to this level. And um, also, too, just advice that he's gotten from Jamel Dean and Sean Murphy Bunting after after meeting them. So yeah. people look out for that. Zion McCollum I, is uh, I, I, I like a very Zion, exciting player in this draft class. Yeah, I
1: like yeah. Zion, and I think you're right, right? They, he and Mike Evans both went to the same high school in Galveston you know that Mike Evans is going to to take him under his wing, coach him up, right? And and it's going to be fascinating to see a six foot two cornerback that has the speed and athleticism that that Zion McCollum does go up against a Pro Bowl, future Hall of Fame wide receiver, six foot five, very physical and and fast wide receiver, Mike Evans. But I I think that that he's also going to beat him like a drum. I think that Mike Evans is going to is <laughs> going to give this kid like a welcome to the NFL moment. Uh, but then coach him up. But then like, you know.
0: Uh- of course. And, and that goes back to what I was talking about earlier on where, you know, McCollum made a mistake and then he rebounded from it and yeah. regrouped. And that's exactly what Todd Bowles wanted to see. And Mike Evans is like he's we all know the stories, like how Mike Evans goes out of his, out of his way to help out literally anyone, yeah. not just, you know, his own teammates. But even like, I don't know, a week or two ago, Grant Stewart's been going on Instagram live a lot, like when he's mm-hmm. working out. And Mike Evans just, like, popped in, and they they uh, were talking to each other on Instagram Live. Yeah. He's like, yeah, man, I just want to say what up and, like, see how you're doing and stuff like that. It's just typical Mike, it's Evans Mike Evans. Just being, he yeah, likes being to selfish. help people,
1: but he also likes to beat the hell out of defensive backs, too. So Zion column, get ready for Mike Evans.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to look at this training camp, too, in OTAs through a, a little bit of a different lens. Because I remember last year at training camp, and I, I wasn't the only one, but... You know, we watched Jalen Dart in those first couple practices, and yeah. we were blown away. The electric speed, just oh, the yeah. ability of him to move. Quick feet. Yeah, and then as the season went on, I was like, all right, like, yeah, he's fast, but he's still got to put a lot of stuff together and yeah. improve on his route running and hold on to the damn ball too.
1: So it's a I, whole I, different story, Matt, when when the, the pads come on, right? I yes. Mean, this is before your time, but Kenny Bell was a fifth-round wide receiver out of Nebraska. I mean, he looked like a star in – in mini camps and even the first little bit of training camp. Once the pads came on, once he got into the preseason games under the bright lights, he folded. He just just mm-hmm. didn't have it, right? And and sometimes that happens. And some people say, "Man, you're selling us a bill of goods, you know, touting this guy, and he didn't pan out." Well, listen, we're just doing our job. Like my job is, and your job, Madden, the Peter Reports staff uh jobs are to relay what we see. We're the eyes and the ears of Buccaneer fans yeah. at these practices. We report on what we see. Uh, we take snapshots, right? Uh, we take pictures, but those pictures can change on a daily or a weekly basis. And, and it's up to the player to to put some good film out there, right? Not just for the coaches, right? Uh, the video, but also for us, the reporters, to relay that to the fans. And yes, Jalen Darden was very exciting and very, very uh, interesting player up until the Pats came on a training camp. And then he just wasn't mm-hmm. as fast, as electric. Um, maybe he didn't want to get hit. I don't know. I'm just saying you wasn't the same player. And again, Jalen Darden's story tomorrow on PeterReport.com sheds a little bit of light on that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, listen, we get a lot of things right, whether it's Scott, you hitting so many Bucks' best bets over the years, including this year, such as Logan Hall being the Bucks' uh, initial pick in this year's draft. And even things like we point out, like Mike Green, you know, made a play in Bucks' rookie minicamp, yeah. and then the Bucks signed him to a deal. But we're not going to get literally every single thing right. It's just, it, you know, it's just impossible. But yeah, Darden obviously needs to step up this year. And I got to make sure that I don't either fall in love with the player in OTAs or absolutely dismiss a player just because of like one or two practices. So that's something that I'm going to keep an eye on because the hype about Jalen Darden was very high and then it cooled off Mm -hmm. uh, pretty quickly. So just got to remember everyone watching too, that, you know, things are going to change on a day by day basis. It doesn't mean that one player is an absolute lock or an absolute dud. You know, there's going to be a lot of ups and downs and in-betweens, especially with someone like Kyle Trask, like Jalen Darden, A lot of these new up and coming guys, even like Rashad White, you know, Mm -hmm. we've been hyping him a lot too. I'm sure he's going to have a a bad practice or two, not coming up, but a long training camp. It's going to happen at some point, but he's going to have a lot of great days too. So uh, Scotty Miller's
1: a prime example here, right? And Tyler Johnson, they were really good in 2020, right? I mean, Tyler Johnson averaged about 15 yards per catch, a couple touchdowns and just wasn't the same guy last year. Scotty Miller was catching touchdowns, uh, you know, against Minnesota, against the Raiders, in the regular season, and then hmm. the big catch, the big touchdown against the Packers up in Green Bay. And, you know, he, he led the Bucks in, in receiving yards <laughs> heading into that Sunday night game against the Packers. He had 400 receiving yards, led the team. Then Antonio Brown came and took away all of his reps until he got hurt. Then Miller stepped up down the stretch. Yeah, But then Miller last year in that third game, Matt, had the severe turf toe. It really just affected him all year. He's healthy. I wrote about him last week. You can read that story on peterreport.com, the Scotty Miller story. Um, they're expecting him to kind of bounce back and be that guy that he was in 2020. So, so that, that's going to be interesting as we round out the the mini camp. Uh, I should say the OTAs or almost a mini camp. The OTA uh, preview. What we're looking for. We mentioned Vita Vea versus Luka Dekey. We've mentioned Jareth Stearns, but it's going to be interesting to see how Jareth Stearns performs. Against the veteran cornerbacks, right? Like, how is he going to fare against uh, the likes of of Jamel Dean, of Sean Murphy, Bunting, of Carlton Davis, even Dee Delaney, right? About a player who yeah. who got plenty of playing time last year. Unfortunately, they needed him, and he Dee Delaney started two games. But Stearns is just—he's an interesting guy. Uh, he's got a build that's kind of similar to Steve Smith, the former Panthers and Ravens yeah. receiver. You know, I like that comparison yeah there's just something about this guy. We'll see right. I mean it's early, but he made a very good first impression. This is a big step up, right? when you're going from beating the likes of uh, you know even Zion McCollum. I don't know that they went against each other a whole bunch during that mini camp. yeah, not too much but but you know he's beating guys that are unemployed today, right, and mm-hmm. we'll see how he does against NFL starting caliber cornerbacks. And that takes place tomorrow at uh, the Advent Health Training Center. Um, And we'll be there at at 1030. So make sure that you're following us on Twitter, at Pewter Report. Make sure that you uh, have subscribed to Pewter Report TV, because we're going to be back here, folks, in less than 24 hours, telling you all about what we saw and and all of our reports on the Bucks OTA tomorrow. It's going to be an exciting day, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Make sure you subscribe to Peter Report TV and hit the like button on all of our videos and podcasts, please. Another thing you guys should do, too, is check out
0: Amuni Financial.
1: At Amuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Drew, congratulations. We're so happy Thank for you. Thank
0: you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah.
1: We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track, so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amy Uni Financial, plan ahead, stay ahead. Matt, where are we going? We are going to Colorado. Right there, there was sorry, I'm laughing. There was a a post, or a, I should say, a chat. Uh, somebody had messaged uh, earlier in the show, like in the. In the first 10 15 minutes, yeah, I think I know at the what beginning you're of about. The, the Muni commercial. It sounds like he's saying, dude, I think he's saying Dukes, I think that's what he's saying, dude, yeah. you know. <laughs> but, it, but when he said that, it did sound like, dude. So, listen, dude, when you're managing your family's wealth, go to Immuni Financial because it's simply more than allocating your assets with the fine folks at Immuni Financial. The reason why I'm so passionate about this read every every time we do the podcast is because I did what I'm asking you to do. I trusted immuni Financial with my investments. I've got the vast majority of my retirement and my investments with Muni Financial. I did what I'm asking you to do. Call 1-800-868-6864 and, and talk to David, talk to Mark. There's some fantastic people over there because they're going to tell you all about the different types of services they have. Legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, and folks, it doesn't matter if you live in Tampa, it doesn't matter if you live in Florida, they have clients from across the country. Let immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call, 1-800-868-6864, or visit immuni.com Dude. Dude, we got to get to Colorado. Got to get to Colorado.
0: Uh, just finishing up on uh, Stearns again, yeah. the last point I want to make too, as you talk about that, he's going to be playing against Jamel Dean and SMB. Um, much like how the Bucks have a prototypical wide receiver, they have their prototypical cornerbacks as well too. Tall, lengthy corners. That's obviously mm-hmm. the exact opposite of the wide receiver Stearns is. So I think it's going to be difficult for him, obviously just the, the size alone. But again, because of his athleticism, that he's I think that he has a chance to really make a good showing um, in OTAs and training camp this year. It's not going to be easy. I think there's definitely going to be a learning curve, as we talked about. But I would not be shocked if he makes another splash during OTAs and as practice goes on.
1: I know it's going to be fun. Today was fun, right? We had roll call at 4:20. We're doing that every Monday this off season at 4:20. So make sure when you join us in the Peter Report podcast, and we podcast every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday here at Pewter Report TV at 4 o'clock Eastern, unless we do some of those fun primetime shows like we did last week. But typically, it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So make sure you get here Monday at 420 when we do roll call. And, and what we do then is we, we put where you're from up on the screen, give you all a shout-out from where you at, Pewter people. So we had fun doing that today. We'll do that again next Monday. So for Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds. We want to see you back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock Eastern time for our Bucks OTA wrap-up. Matt, it's going to be a a big show. We have a lot of of, uh, news to cover tomorrow. Not just the rookies, but also the veterans we'll be seeing at the Advent Health Training Center. So for Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast.